0: Hey, good morning, Westside. I hope that many of you are tuning in right now. We are excited to stay connected in this way. So I just want to welcome you. I'm actually going to welcome you to our gathering because we are gathered uh, all over the city in homes, uh, basements, living rooms, uh, wherever we are right now through phones and computers and screens. And I'm excited because as we were praying this morning, I just had a sense that the Holy Spirit um, will have his way of uniting us, connecting us, uh to him to one another and i just want to tell you this as we start off because i think it's so important it is so vital that we stay connected during this season that we stay connected to god we stay connected to each other and that we do that together as a church community i'm aware as you're aware that there's a thousand other live streams going on right now there's a thousand people posting on facebook and instagram and there's just voices all around us and some of those are good voices and uh, we applaud and pray for also the churches around the world that are, are learning to do this like we are. But here's the vital reason we are doing this. It's so we can stay connected. God has called us, West Side Gathering, to be his living and local presence, to be his church at, in a pocket of our city uh, for his glory, to be part of his mission. And so that's why we stay connected. That's why it's so important that we uh, stay connected to the things that we're doing so we can be encouraged and grow as a church community. Um, Find some of the resources where you need to, but stay connected to us. It's so important as we do that. I think in in times like this, you know, it could feel like someone's home and there's so many things that we're trying to keep our attention with or entertain us that we just... And sometimes we're also just looking for a quick inspiration. And what we want to do in our Sunday gatherings, because daily and weekly and in other ways, we're going to um, keep inspired and connected to God and each other. But I think it's so vital that when we gather like this on a Sunday, we, we literally open the scriptures together and um, and grow together, and so where we can stay connected and 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 be the body of Christ together. So I want to do that uh, this morning with us just in the same way, because I want us to be rooted and established in faith, and so we can grow to experience um, God in increasing measures during this time. And I don't think we can do that outside of digging into the scripture. So so we're going to do that today uh, as well. And um, you know, these days, people are frantically, looking uh, for correct information, uh, for information to guide us, for information to uh, to give us some, some direction in these uncertain times. We probably uh, are tuning in, some of us, you know, daily our Prime Minister speaks, and then at one o'clock our Premier speaks in Quebec, and then our Mayor speaks, and so here are these people speaking daily uh, to keep us informed, and then I'm sure many of us are getting these micro-level pieces of information from friends, uh, from colleagues, you know, kind of like Uh, saying, hey, IGA has stock of this, maybe you should go get that. Don't try and venture out to Costco, it's crazy. Uh, Hey, Matt is doing something at 10 o'clock for kids on Facebook, sing along. Uh, Becky has set up a a Facebook play group to help kids stay active during this time. These are all these micro pieces of information, and we're looking for those things, right? Because I think in the middle of this, all this info, as much as some of this info is important, part of us is also looking for some kind of peace, and some kind of assurance. Possibly we're hoping for more news that says this won't last too long, or we will be okay, or we won't get sick. And ultimately, I think we're looking for guidance in the middle of all this. And I think it's so incredible, providential, I would say, that one, uh, today in the lectionary, which we often choose a psalm from the lectionary, today's choice was Psalm 23. And providentially, our I Am series, where we are discovering the character and heart of Jesus and who God is through Christ, lands on an incredible phrase. Uh, This reminder of this phrase we've been looking at as a church, the I Am statements of Jesus, is rooted in a statement God gave to Moses back in the book of Exodus where we read God tell Moses, I am who I am. That's what you need to know about me. That phrase is God saying, listen, I am who I am now. I am who I was. I will be who I was. I will be in the future who I am now. And I will be in the future who I am today. It's kind of back and forth, past, present, and future. And it reflects God's incredible nature. And Jesus piggybacks on this phrase, this I am phrase, to describe himself. We've been walking through that the last few weeks. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate last week. And today's claim, I think, is providential. And you're going to see as soon as we start reading this text how providential this claim is. It's John chapter 10, verse 11. Uh, You can turn to it, or hopefully it's on the comments on our page. And this is what Jesus is saying as he's describing himself to his listeners to those who are in conflict with him, those who are following him, they're all getting a listen. This is what Jesus says. I am the good shepherd. Is that providential or not? (laughs) I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is tired, he is a hired hand, and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, I must bring them also, because they too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock, one shepherd. And the reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. And I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up. This command I received from my Father. Holy Spirit, help us to just discern what you need to tell us today through these words from Jesus. In your name. Amen. It's incredible here, Jesus, in these I am statements and in this one we're reading today, is trying to help us understand who he is. We're going to get a picture of his character and what he is doing, what's his purpose. And here he gives us His other metaphor through these I am statements. He says it so clearly, and I think you can agree with me that it's providential in these times to read this today. I am the good shepherd. We highlighted last week, and I remind us today, a shepherd in the scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, is often a metaphor for a king or a leader of Israel. When God addressed uh, Israel's leaders, he often addressed them as good shepherds or bad shepherds because a shepherd was one who led, was one who cared for, was one who guided. There's this, there's this passage in Ezekiel 34, and after today, maybe you should go read it. It's a great passage of scripture. God actually rebukes Israel's leaders for not taking care of Israel, for leading them astray, for veering them off God's course. And Ezekiel uh, prophesies what the Lord is telling them against these shepherds of Israel. And it's incredible, though, throughout the Old Testament, we also get a picture of when, not when shepherds are doing wrong, but when shepherds are doing well. And the best description of a leader who is loving, who is caring, who is strong, who is protective, who is wise, who has his heart for the sheep, Scripture would use the best features of a shepherd to describe that leader, that shepherd. And here's Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. Think about that for a second. It's like he could be saying in our day and age, I am the leader you're looking for. For the Jews in the first century, you know, they had Rome on one side oppressing them. They had the Pharisees or the religious leaders that often were almost using the religious system to manipulate people. And here comes Jesus who is saying, I am the good shepherd. I'm the leader you have been looking for. And, you know, right now in our, the moment cultural moment we're in, I encourage us, pray for our leaders because they're getting chewed up. And they're going to do some things right, and they're going to do some things wrong. And um, even myself, my role as a pastor has felt intensified in the last week or so as I'm talking and connecting with our leaders and how to navigate this season. I'm going to do things right. I'm going to do things wrong. Pray uh, for me. Pray for our church leaders. But also more broadly, pray for our, our, our community leaders. But something that's going to happen in these days is they're also going to show their true colors, because a crisis often reveals the heart. And we're seeing some of our, our local leaders and political leaders showing their true colors in press conferences. And it reveals what kind of leader they are. Here, Jesus is trying to help us understand what kind of leader he is. He says, I'm a good shepherd. And so this passage gives us a picture of who Jesus is, who Jesus is saying he is. And we get this line in, the, in, in this reading from him, he says the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That is a characteristic of a good shepherd. And it's a characteristic of Jesus as our Lord, as our leader, as our Savior, in fact. He lays down his life for a sheep. And there's a difference between a shepherd and a hired hand. Now, it's very possible, just like in the, in the passage above where Jesus is referring to thieves, potentially as the Pharisees. Maybe even here, the hired hands are the Pharisees, religious or political leaders of the time. And he's saying, hey, there's a difference here. They don't look out for the sheep the way a shepherd does. They, they don't take ownership of, a sheep, of the sheep the way the shepherd does. And Jesus is saying a shepherd views the sheep as his own family, as part of his body, as part of his immediate um, family and connection compared to a hired hand that is paid to be around, but does not risk their life when sheep are in danger. And so here we find it's very possible Jesus is saying, be careful of those who lead out of selfishness. we got to be careful of that in our society. we got to be careful of that in the broader church, those who lead out of selfishness. And that's humbling, because a leader can sometimes get it wrong. But Jesus says, He's a leader he's a shepherd that lays down his life for his sheep his the picture of Jesus is selfless, is one who cares, is one who's protective is a shepherd who will do whatever is necessary, even lay down his life or risk his life to protect the sheep. The early church used to sing or recite a hymn, a poem. we find it in Philippians chapter two uh, it's it's quite known and it was it was distributed and shared in the early church, and it describes Jesus as this. The Apostle Paul says and quotes this hymn saying that Jesus, uh, though he was equal with God, didn't, uh, didn't um, you know, consider his equality with God something to be grasped or to be sought after or to hold on to, but instead he took on the form of a servant, the form of a human, even to the point of becoming obedient to death ah, this is a description of Jesus from the early church post the cross and resurrection because they looked back and said, this was our shepherd. This was our leader. This is our Lord who he said he had the authority to lay down his life just like he had to take up his life, but he voluntarily laid it down for you, for me. That is the Jesus we serve. That is the Jesus who invites us to trust him. And even in this Description of Jesus, he's already pointing to the cross. We're in a season that we often call Lent, this 40 or 50 days leading up to Good Friday and Easter. I'm looking forward to how we celebrate that in some way. But we're looking towards that. That's the journey Jesus is on as we walk through John's gospel. Ultimately, what Jesus is saying is that Jesus always chooses you and always chooses your well-being and our well-being. That he laid down his life for our good, for our salvation, for our freedom, for our life. And that tells us something about us. It says, you are loved. I am loved. We are loved in Christ. But the next thing it tells us about Jesus is when he says this. He says, I know my sheep. This is a picture of Jesus. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And more than the fact that you are loved is this you are known. Jesus knows you. If you trust and follow Christ, he says he knows you. I mean, he loves all people. But when people come into life with Christ, there's a special, deep, intimate relationship, this knowing back and forth. Jesus knows us, and we know him. When we trust him, we are known by him. And that means we begin to hear his voice and know his voice and we have the ability to be guided by his voice. And when we ask the question, how would Jesus live my life? How would Jesus go into work? How would Jesus um, be a dad or a mom? How would Jesus interact with my business right now? We, we can hear his voice. And it's the kind of relationship that's available in him and with him. And, and I guess I ask the question right now because all of us need this. What does that look for us right now? What does it mean? It, it, it very much means that he knows what you're feeling, that he knows what you're thinking, that he knows the challenges you face. He also knows when you're worried for no reason. He also knows when you've over-worried and when you've bought too much groceries because fear is set in. But he knows the realities of the fear, and he knows the realities of what's going on with maybe some of us with our employment, or some of us, some of our business leaders in our church who are having to deal with what this means in their company. For some people who their industries have been thrown off course for a little while, oh man, it just, Jesus knows. He knows the fears of our health and, and, and what we think. And so I encourage you that in this moment, as much as he knows you, you know him. And he says that we can have the ability to hear his voice through the scriptures, through his wisdom, through the work of the Holy Spirit, so he can guide us in these complex times that we're in. He's a good shepherd that way. He's a good shepherd that way. And I, I, love, I love this piece about Jesus and how he describes this picture of him to us because he doesn't leave out that this was always in God's purpose, always in God's plan, For the good of the whole world, and so I don't want to just leave us with a picture of Jesus, who Jesus tells us He is. I want to leave leave us with the purpose of Jesus. What is Jesus telling us that He has accomplished by being the Good Shepherd, by making this declaration where He says, "I am the Good Shepherd"? Well, I want to just backtrack to the 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 backstory of this, right? Ezekiel thirty-four, back into that passage. God is prophesying, is speaking into Israel's time, a bleak time in Israel's history, when leaders have led Israel astray. They feel lost, they feel confused, feel deterred. Their leaders have failed them. And God, through Ezekiel, says this to Israel. These are some of the lines that you could read in, in Ezekiel 34. Look it up later. God says, I will rescue my flock. Look how personal that is. I, will, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. I will search for the lost. I love this promise. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. Now, God is speaking initially about Israel here, but we're going to see how that turns to all of us and the rest of the world in a moment. But what God is saying with this, he's telling Israel in Ezekiel 34, I will be your shepherd where other shepherds have failed. I will be your shepherd. Then he throws this in, a little bit of a curveball, as Jesus, God, is owning up to the fact that he's a shepherd. He says, "I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David. That was one of Israel's famous and favorite kings. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend to them and be their shepherd. He will be their prince among them." So David was already dead at this point. And uh, they just knew David as almost a, a promised symbol of how God would lead them in the future. And this is pointing to God's Messiah, God's anointed one, God's Christ, which means the anointed one, how the Messiah will be Israel's shepherd in the future. And it just makes me ask the question, maybe you too, how can God, how can both God and the Messiah be their shepherd? Well, Jesus is the answer to that. Jesus is the answer and fulfillment when God says, I will be your shepherd. And Jesus is the answer and fulfillment when God says, I will send one to shepherd over you. Jesus is the answer to both of those and fulfills both of those. God becomes Israel's shepherd king in Jesus. Jesus fulfills God's promise for a Messiah. Jesus is both God and Messiah, and he becomes Our shepherd king, he fulfills God's promise to be a shepherd. He fulfills God's promise to send a shepherd to shepherd over us. But it doesn't just end with Israel. It's beyond Israel, and that's why we're included to this. And it's beyond those in the church because there are people outside that don't know Jesus but that are longing to know Jesus, and they will embrace his invitation. Listen what Jesus says, When he describes this sheep pen or this analogy of him being a shepherd, he says, I have other sheep that are not of this pen. In other words, they're not here right now. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Here's Jesus saying, you know, talking to those who are listening to him at the moment, and it was Israel at the moment, saying, hey, uh, it's not only about you. There's people outside this pen. And you know what? There are people who will listen to my voice like you have come to listen to to my voice and at that time, they will all become part of one flock, one body, one church, one family. and There'll be one shepherd, Jesus. This makes me realize that even today, everyone that you and I lock eyes with matters to God. Everyone that we don't know to be part of the local church matters to God. Everyone that hasn't yet come to know who God is in Christ matters to God. That he did not only intend one nation like Israel to be blessed or rescued or restored, but his invitation was to the nations. And the world gets an invitation because the good shepherd cares for everyone. Because the good shepherd invites everyone to trust him and come under his leadership. And if you are rooted and established in Christ, you you need to celebrate that. Some of you are here today, I know tuning in, because you've been invited, invited by a friend or you just caught wind of our, of our live stream today, and you're just saying, I, I, you're sensing that you're drawn to want to know who Christ is, to, to experience what it means to call Jesus your good shepherd. And I just invite you right now to understand this very important truth. Jesus cares for you. Everyone that we lock eyes with, including you, matters to God, and he's inviting you to trust in Christ, to put your faith in him, to call him Lord, to say, I believe that Jesus has gone to the cross for me in the world and has resurrected. And if I confess that with my mouth and believe it in my heart, there is salvation, there is life, there is forgiveness and freedom for you. And I just encourage you to pursue that, even with us today or after this live stream where we can chat or maybe over email or conversation. But let me wrap this up um, I want us to just know these three three truths that came out of this. You are invited, right? Jesus is saying this. You are invited because he cares for everyone. You are known because when you come to know Jesus, you're known by him, you hear his voice, you are loved because the shepherd lays down his life for those he values. You're invited, you are known, you are valued, you are loved. And this is what makes Jesus a good shepherd. In fact, the word... You could translate it noble, and you can actually translate it beautiful. And some commentators say that what what Jesus is getting at here is that the good shepherd is attractive, is appealing to us and to others. There is something appealing about being under the This shepherd's care, there's something appealing about being under the lordship of Jesus. There's something good and and great and freeing and forgiving and just about being under the lordship of Jesus. He calls us to follow him. We can only come through him, but there's a goodness in that, and that's appealing. And here's why you can trust him. It comes down to this, guys. We can trust him you can trust him. You can trust him because he's good and you can trust him because he's God. I love what he said. He has authority to to lay down his life. He has authority to pick it up again. Yes, he went to the cross, but he also rose from the grave. We are resurrection people who live with new creation in our sights. And that is part of our life today. We can trust him because he's good. We can trust him because he's God. Let's just pause and pray. Our Heavenly Father, we started off our gathering declaring that you are a shepherd. And because of that, we can trust you and we lack nothing. We can offer our anxious thoughts to you. You lead us beside still waters. You guide us in in our path. And God, we're so grateful. How amazing that Jesus fulfills who you are. We can know you through him. We can get the best reflection of you through him. And in this incredible declaration, oh God, thank you that Christ is the good shepherd. That he has made a way and fulfilled your promise to shepherd your people and those who come to know you. And your promise that you would send one to shepherd over us. Thank you for that. God, may we rest in this truth. May we trust you. May we know that we're invited. May we know that, we're, that we're, we are known, that we are loved, that we are valued, and that we can trust you. God, may that truth go with us today. And may we sense it and apply it. And may your Holy Spirit do his work in us as a result. and May we share that with others and invite others in. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.